It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So you probably are aware of this speech. This was from Theodore Roosevelt in Paris, April 23rd, 1910. And it's a very famous speech. It was originally called Citizenship in a Republic, but it's a lot more regularly or commonly known as Man in the Arena. And it's, I think it's one of the most quoted or most uh, commonly quoted speeches pretty much of all time. Now, Guns N' Roses did a song called Get In The Ring. And it was similar. It was based, it seems to have been based on a similar thread. A lot more crude, a lot more crass uh, language. But here's four lines of the Guns N' Roses Get In The Ring. And when you stare, you don't think I feel it, but I'm going to deal it back to you in spades. When I'm having fun, you know I can't conceal it because I know you never cut it in my game. Oh, no. Basically, it was a similar thing. It was talking about how they were in the ring or in the arena and people on the sidelines would squabble about them, judge them talk about them behind their backs and the song was basically called get in the ring and it was basically throwing the middle finger up to all of these people all of the critics all the people on the side and so we're going to talk a little bit about this today get in the ring we're going to look at a couple of different areas obviously we're speaking mostly to small business owners coaches and creatives but this concept of getting in the ring goes beyond that so we're also going to talk a little bit about training a little bit about relationships not super deep we'll keep this short but we will go into these other areas today so the first question is why would we not be in the arena you know what if you've got something we're end of january 2022 you've got a business idea you've got something you want to do why would we not why would we be holding back you know why would we be having one foot in one foot out and a couple of things come to mind we'll talk about these in the podcast around nervous system exposure and fear and this kind of stuff uh one of the ideas is 
linked to fear and that is of worry. You know, once you're in the arena, once you're doing something, you're exposed. And we see this a lot with new business owners when they cross over that threshold of kind of sitting on the sidelines to producing content, presenting offers, doing sales conversations. Once you take that step, yes, you see business growth, but you're also, the the downside is you're exposed socially. So you're open for ridicule, you're open for disagreement, you're open for people to unsubscribe and unfollow you, or you're open to all of this stuff, right? Which is what Guns N' Roses were talking about. You're open to this, to the critic. And that can be worrying. There's a line in, in a Carlos Castaneda book. I talk a lot about his work. And it's where Carlos goes down to meet his teacher, who is Don Juan. Don Juan is a sorcerer. He's teaching Carlos the path of knowledge, a lot of Toltec wisdom. And Don Juan has a line. And he says, a hunter knows he will lure game into his traps over and over again. So he doesn't worry. To worry is to become accessible, unwittingly accessible. And once you worry, you cling to anything out of desperation. And once you cling, you're bound to get exhausted or to exhaust whoever or whatever you are clinging to. And so this is the other side, right? We've got this worry, this fear, and that is exhausting. That can drain your energy. And when your energy is drained, now when we go back to look at even the idea of getting in the arena, getting in the ring with your content, with your training, whatever, you don't have the energy. And so the whole idea, the challenge seems insurmountable and it just you know, propagates the same pattern. We end up with this this existence of consumption, fear, lack of energy, inspiration, or rather it would be consumption, inspiration, fear, lack of energy, lack of execution. Consumption, inspiration, fear, lack of energy, lack of execution, over and over and over. So we're going to flip that a little bit today. We'll talk about getting in the ring in a couple of different areas uh, because one area crosses over to the other and once you're in the ring, once you're in the arena, then we all we have to do is flip the mindset to kind of like a healthy paranoia of staying in the arena. It's a lot easier to keep an object in motion than it is to get it started. Or if I go back to the engineering days, I think it was the coefficient of dynamic friction is less than static friction. It takes more energy to get the thing moving, to get in the court or get in the arena and get in the ring than it does to stay there. Once we stay, once we're in there, we just can chip away, pop something else out, whatever, continue the cycle. It's a lot easier. Let's talk about content first. So, you know, we're talking mostly to small business owners. But this is bigger, right? Because everything is content now, right? Think about it. People are spending five hours a day on their phones, right? And this isn't about judging consumption, but everything is consumption. Everything is content. Podcasts, YouTube, audiobooks, you know, learning, growing, consuming, interacting. 
dating apps, there's content, everything is a content. So this consumption, how, how we look at consumption, getting in the ring of creating content is very powerful and something that goes beyond just business because this is your voice. This is your ability to get in the ring where everything is happening now and speak to the people that you want to talk to, right? You might want to, whatever, make a cooking channel or you might want to be a video game or you might want to be a coach, whatever it is. But content is at the hub because that's where people's attention is. That's where pe what people are focusing on. So let's have a look at it. If we think about content, effectively we have this nervous system exposure, right? So the nervous system, Dr. Stephen Poor just talks about this, his concept of neuroception. I first heard about that, I think in 2009 from one of my mentors, Cole. And neuroception is effectively this ongoing sequence that's happening. Babies do it. Dogs do it. My, my dog Luna does it. We do it. You do it. I do it. Neuroception. So effectively, your subconscious mind is picking up inputs from all of your senses and instantaneously assessing what's going on to pick up whether there's threat or safety. And that will change my physiology. If I see my situation is threatening, I tighten up and I basically recoil from the exposure. I try to find safety. If I see my environment as safe, I open up. It can be exploratory or you know creative. Changes what's going on. So neuroception is happening. There's no two ways. And it's below thought, conscious thought. So you you can't sort of go back and forth on it intellectually. It's it is. It just is happening. And so one of the ways that we can uh, change this sequence is through repetition. Because we gotta teach the subconscious that creating content is actually a safe place versus a threat. So the very first thing that we need to look at is the nervous system. Most people will consume in perpetuity because it's perceived as safety. If I learn more, if I listen to this, if this is engaging, um, it's not only safe uh, because of less social exposure, but I'm learning, right, in, in inverted commas. I'm learning, I'm growing, so to speak. So that's safety because that's a status upgrade and I can tell somebody about my podcast or that I listen to, I can tell somebody about this book, whatever. So when you flip that over and you look at creating, all of a sudden now is you're putting your stuff out there for ridicule, you're putting your things out to the world, to the critics, you know, to the naysayers, and that's perceived as threatening. And so to, to reframe that, to have that exposure be perceived as actually safer because you're going to move forward in your mission by putting content out there. We need to train it and we can't train it intellectually. So like listening to the podcast about it isn't going to actually help it. It introduces the concept Then we need to train it experientially. It's like learning a handstand. We don't, you don't learn it from getting stronger and thinking about balance. Your nervous system, 
the connection all the way to your fingertips needs to learn the concept of balance. Your nervous system, the connection all the way through your body needs to feel that creating content is actually non-threatening and it's actually safe because it's moving you or it's it's abundant, it's helpful because it's moving you towards your goals through obviously marketing, interaction, connection, uh, personal brand reputation. Okay, so there's a couple of ways to do this, but the easiest is to bring in a constraint which makes the process very simple. So pick one platform, pick one style, pick one way of doing it. And then once you've set up your constraints, just do it every day, okay? So your constraint could be quite big. It might be, I'm gonna do 30 seconds of uh, video every day. All right, I'm gonna do a minute of a podcast every day. I'm gonna, I'm just making stuff up. I'm gonna do a picture and write 20 words underneath it every day. And you do it until you notice a sense of creativity come through the work. Don't do it for 30 days, don't do it for 60 days, don't do it for whatever somebody else tells you. Do it until you feel a sense of creativity, a sense of playfulness come through. It won't be before 30 days anyway. It'll probably be more like 50 or 60. But at some point you'll go, oh, I could change this. I could be creative here. You'll be speaking differently. And that is your feedback that your nervous system's adjusted and that you're now seeing this activity as something that's creative, something that's fun, something that you can do and moves you forward. Now, who's this, who's this for? Well, look, to be honest, we work with a couple of businesses who this isn't critical for business growth. Their business, small business lawyers, architects, their business is based on relationships and referrals. You know, but I mean, I was speaking to one of the architects the other day. He'll have one project on for eight months or 12 months or 24 months. So it's not about putting out a lot of content and building a lot of brand. What his focus is on relationships. Having said that, he still is diving into content. It's still something we support for brand, for reputation, for networking and for future proofing the business. Now for everybody else, coaches, creative painters, artists, podcasters, whatever you're doing, really, everybody else, you're going to need, you, the content is almost, a, it's almost a requirement. It's, I can't say it is because there are the odd exceptions, but if you're listening to this and you're engaging in content, think about your business. Would it be helpful for people to have things to engage in that relate to your business? Start that conversation. If yes, okay, go for the content. So that's number one. That's how we get on the court with the content flip from being the consumer to still being a consumer, but creating off the back end of it. And you'll find that this also changes the way you consume. You know, people send me podcasts all the time. They're like, hey, have you listened to this? So this is a really good one on whatever. And I mean, to be honest, I don't have much time. So I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but two for the podcasts that I listen to, the way that I consume, uh, there's a couple, but they're not in the realms of business, right? I'm not listening to tips for marketing or something like that because I'm clear on where we're going and what we're doing. So what I'm actually doing is I'm looking sideways into different domains, you know, um, science, art, um, poetry, whatever, lots of different history 
and I'm going, okay, cool. How does this apply? Is there something, you know, uh, Dan Pink calls it symphonic thinking. Is there something I can learn from over here that applies to what we're doing? And how can this expand my way of thinking versus I'm going to try to solve, you know, a specific problem with this specific podcast. So as you create more, the way that you consume will shift. You'll probably find that you're looking outside of your specific domain more and you're interested in more broader topics uh, and in, in, in looking for ways to bring this interest into the work that you do. Now, that's not going to be for everyone, but it's just something that I've noticed, something I've seen with a lot of others. So that's number one, getting in the ring with your content. Ship daily. All right, easy. Number two, we're going to talk a little bit about training uh, because it's linked. You know, if you can take any one of these and you can really get in the get on the court or get in the ring with it, it's going to help the others. And if you're someone who, and I'm speaking kind of to guys here only because I have that context, I have more empathy for that. Uh, however, if you... You know, so so take it for what it's worth. Um, but if you're someone who trains, you're strong, you're upright, and you walk into a room, it's helpful. Your posture is different, your energy is different, and you know, there's the whole cliche thing. It builds confidence, that kind of stuff. Maybe, but even just as a like as a as an impression that you create, someone who looks after themselves, someone who takes care of their physical health, someone who's got some resilience and can pick up some weights. That's, that's value. That's, that's a valuable uh, thing to bring into the room. That's my perspective on it. So, you know, to get in the arena, look, I think one thing that happens here, there's two. One is I'm very aware that there are people, and I've had these conversations, who there is a lot of internal dialogue and fear around getting into a gym, getting into and getting started. And uh, I, you know, I've, I've spoken to people firsthand. I get it. What I would say is just find a, a one-to-one trainer. If that's you, if you're really, if you know, if you're really unsure about it, uh, hook up with the trainer and do a private, whether it's outdoors or in the gym and find a trainer who's going to teach you as you go. Okay. Cause what you don't want is to build this codependent relationship forever. And it's not not about, I mean, you can have a trainer forever, but you wanna have them from a place of inspiration and energy and challenge, not from a place of hand-holding. And the difference there will come when you get a coach or a trainer who's gonna educate you as you go so that you have options. And the options that you have because you understand your own body and training give you confidence. Right. So if if that's you and you're really just concerned about getting stuck into the gym at all, uh, what people might say or think, this kind of thing, find a trainer. For most people, they get into it and then they find some sort of complicated program. And a lot of trainers or coaches these days, part of their marketing strategy will be to overcomplicate stuff. And it works really well because it makes you feel that you need to follow this latest and greatest way of doing things. My 
personal experience after I don't know how many years in that industry was that a great coach or trainer doesn't necessarily overcomplicate the programming or what you do. They bring a, they bring a, a different skill set. They bring the understanding, but they bring the awareness around the context of the client. So it's not about finding the most complicated eight-week program and spending lots of money and doing this kind of thing. Um, if you're doing that and you find that your training is start-stop, it's because there's so much going on and you get through the program, maybe it was really intense, then you stop and then your energy is low and then you start back up a couple of weeks. If this happens, then, then the way you'll know is because you look at your last 52 weeks, count how many weeks you've missed training, right? And I don't think I missed a, a week and I'm not even that hardcore. I get in there a couple of times a week. I don't think I even missed really a week in the last two or three years. I haven't been on a formal program and I'm not saying that this because it's like, wow, this is so great. I'm just saying it matter of factly, it's pretty easy to not miss a week. Even if you're away on holiday, you get a session in outdoors, you know, do some body weight strength. Uh, it's pretty easy to not miss a week if your program is simple and exciting and lights you up. So I'll talk a little bit about more, more about how I do the, the training program in another episode. Uh, but for now, just find something interesting that lights you up, not too complicated. It's got some strength work in it. And, uh, you know, get the ball rolling, basically get on the court with your training and then the ball, then the, the tables will turn a little bit and it'll be about how do I, how do I not drop the ball here? How do I keep this plate spinning, keep my training going and it gets factored into the background and becomes part of who you are. And now all of a sudden you're on the court, uh, in this area of your life consistently and it helps everything else. All right, third one is, we'll go short on here, but we're going to talk a little bit about business. And now we, in Creative Club, we're working with coaches and creative business owners who are, you know, they got a business. They're, they're, they're growing a business. If you have a job and you have a business idea or you want to start a business or you're very early and you think you might want to start a business down the line, then this is kind of more for you, what we'll talk about today, getting on the court. What I would say is, think about solving problems, right? So don't worry so much about the big business plan just now. Just park that for a second for this, for this moment on this podcast. Ask the question, how can I help solve some problems around me today? Right, so what happens a lot of times is people have the idea for the business, but the inability to solve problems right in front of them or the, the lack of practice means that to take the step forward in the business feels really scary because we don't have a proof of, hey, we can bring value, we can solve problems. This business I got, I think this could be great. I'm gonna present it to a few people, see what they think. If I don't have the first part, if I don't know that I can solve problems, if I'm not used to doing that, it makes it very hard to do the second part. And I can give you an example of this. When we owned the gym, 
I was in there one time on a Saturday and I was, I think I was just cleaning up. It was about 12 o'clock in Melbourne. And guy walks in and he's like, hey, you know, I'm interested in this workshop you guys have coming up. And I said, well, that's in a couple of weeks. And he said, well, okay, can I train anyway today? And I was like, I was like, yeah, all right. Uh, you know, it's open gym. I'm hanging around for a couple of hours. And I said, look, are you, are you all right to kind of look after yourself? And he's like, yep. So I start watching him and he sets up his stuff. He's training. He's super strong. He's done. He puts everything away. He cleans up the plates. He says, oh, can I, can I have, make a coffee? And I said, yep. You know how to use a machine? He's like, yep. We had an espresso machine. He goes behind the machine, makes a coffee sweeps up all of the coffee grinds, puts them in the bin, cleans the machine after he's done, right? Puts it back better than it was. And so I started talking to him. Oh, what's your story? And anyway, we ended up giving him a job. And, uh, you know, he, he continued to thrive. And so essentially, the thing here is the guy was solving problems, and so if you're thinking about getting into business or starting it, say you're an artist, well, maybe someone's got a, a really boring house and you could solve that problem a little bit, bring some artwork into their home. Maybe, maybe talk to them about that. Or if you're, you know, uh, if you're a personal trainer and you want to get going with your own business and you're in the gym. And you see it, you know, some barbells that are covered in chalk, like most of the gyms you go to, you know, hang back after a class and, and brush the barbells off or tidy up a little bit. The gym owner will know. People will see it. People sense the problem solver. And then what they'll do is they'll present you with an opportunity. So that's all we would talk about for business. Obviously, it's a little bit sort of roundabout but think about it in terms of getting on the court business is about solving a problem so having a, a coach or create a business is about solving problems or bringing a solution for the people you serve how can i bring a solution or solve a problem right now today okay now it might not be in your direct domain of expertise maybe you want to get into photography maybe there's a videographer who's doing a shoot and could use someone to help with some behind the scenes. Maybe you offer to help, you tidy up, you bring some extension cords, you you pack a lunch for everyone. You know, maybe you take some extra photos of, of everything going on behind the scenes and you give them those photos. You didn't get to do the thing you wanted directly, but you know what? You solved a problem and that's going to come back around. So, that's a really, really big one. Uh, I think that's starting to be more and more rare because of the consumption that we talked about before. So, you know, when you didn't have that option, and I'm going to sound like an old, boring person here, but, you know, back in the 90s and stuff, you, you just didn't really have, you consumed comic books or TV shows, but there was a limited amount. You couldn't do too much. So, you know, you, you'd go and do some work or you'd have some jobs or whatever and you'd had to solve you had to solve problems i remember helping my dad and you know we were young eight seven or eight years old and we'd go and help him and he would we'd finish up and we'd say you know we're done or whatever on whatever the job was sweeping up something and 
he would just be like, you know, look up, take a look around, see what else needs to happen. And so it sounds really simple, but if you're trying to get on the court with business, if you can do that, you'll be off to a great start and you'll have opportunity to present your business to plenty of people. Then of course you can tie in the content and you know, you, then you start to look at actually growing the business. But like I said, we're talking about super early here, uh, getting on the court, so to speak. All right, last one. This is kind of a non-topic for this podcast in that we never talk about it, but it's coming up all the time. So I thought I would bring it up here. Relationships, right? We're coming out of 2020, 2021. And I hear people all the time, like, it's really hard to meet friends, it's really hard to find a good guy. It's really hard to find a good, you know, partner, girlfriend. And I get it, right? We've come out of, you know, two years of lockdown, this kind of stuff. But at the same time, there's so many interesting people out there. Uh, I meet interesting people all the time. And I think one thing that you could look at with relationships, if you're trying to find friends, you're trying to find, trying to network, trying to, you know, maybe it's find a partner, whatever it is, is the idea that to be interesting, be interested. So if I want to find some new friends or I want to get into some networking or build some relationships, I've got to use some some empathy here. I've got to use that sort of second position. Look down on the situation. Well, I want to attract interesting people. I want to attract cool people into my life, Right. So what am I going to do? Well, cool people are looking for other people who are interesting. They want to hang out with people who bring value, who are engaging, who are, you know, into cool stuff. All right. Well, what I can do here is I can take responsibility. I can focus on doing interesting things. I can focus on learning new skill sets. I can focus on diving into my passions I can focus on developing myself with things that are, you know, that I think are cool. You know, I'll have people all the time message me about learning to spearfish or learning to free dive or going for a surf together or whatever. It's the, it's the interesting thing that is the connector. They're not wanting to connect with me because of some kind of inherent value that I have as a human. That's, that's just a story. That does, that's not actually true. If I'm just sitting in the background, not doing anything, not showing any interest, not engaging in anything, I'm, there's really no reason for people to want to hang out. So what we got to do is we can flip that and go, all right, cool. To get on the court in relationships, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, and we, there's a bunch of other stuff we could talk about, but it, there's zero downside to literally becoming more interesting by being more interested, right? If you're chasing people around, trying to build relationships that way and it's not landing, just ask the question of, all right, cool. Well, am I someone who I would love to hang out with? Or are there some things that I can do that are part of my you know, story, that are part of my interests that I think are pretty cool and I can just dive into these for a little while and see what happens? Because I guarantee you, if you do that, it'll start to set up the relationships. One, you're going to meet people actually doing those things. But two, people are going to be like, hey, I saw you were out, you know, whatever, surfing. I saw you were out skateboarding. I saw you went and 
uh, to this cool restaurant. What was that like? And so you've, you've got this thing to talk about. So that's the fourth and final for today, getting in the ring, getting in the arena, uh, or getting on the court. Once you're in, once you've got some form of action in, in these or in any other domain, then it flips to, as I said before, what I call a healthy paranoia. How do we stay in the ring? How do we stay on the court? Am I doing enough here? Is there something else I can be doing that could bring value to myself, to the people around me, to my mission that can help me to stay active, stay fresh, stay interesting, right? Uh, or help progress the business or the relationships. But getting started is the hard part, as they said in uh, in throwback to my engineering degree, coefficient of static friction is higher than coefficient of dynamic friction. Harder to get going than it is to keep going. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this one or any part of it, please share. That's the best thing you can do. Subscribe to the podcast and head over to, we have a new resource available as well. It's called the 100K Propulsion Guide. If you're a coach, creative business owner, and you've kind of got that first action kicked off and you're looking at growing to uh, sort of that first level around the 100K mark, we've created a resource that will be helpful for you check it out on I think if you go to the creator club Instagram you can find it and it's a little download it's about 22 page pdf but we spell out a bunch of more on the mindset uh and belief side of things as well as actions but it's not quick tactics it's more strategic but that'll help as well all right we'll see you on the next episode thanks for listening